0: Hey, everybody. Hey. hi everyone. We've decided to add an extra little live session for everybody. Um, We are all readers. So you have myself, Melissa, we have Alexa, and you probably recognize Alexa from some of our podcast episodes. Um, And then you'll have Lori. Lori is one of our uh, regular employees and readers at the store as well. And then if you're ever in on the weekends and maybe more so coming up for the summer, Violet. Violet is our one of our website gurus. And you may recognize Holly from some of our podcasts for our, some of our Didi episodes. But we wanted to come together tonight for everybody in regards to some newer and maybe old favorites um, of witchy books that have been out um, and let you know what we think of them. Since we are practitioners of sorts across the board. And um, we thought you might like to know what we think of these new, new books. Um, I'll start first. One of the first ones, and kind of newer, it's been out for a little while, is the Witches Book of Spellcraft um, by Mackie Cavelli, Lynn and Mackie, Ari Mackie again. Uh, This is Llewellyn. This is a pretty, pretty in-depth book. Um, It's kind of for your basics, but what I found interesting in here, it does cover, the threefold law and a lot of people like to equate that into some sort of karma and the original part of the threefold law have nothing to do with karma because karmic is not a witchcraft trait that is buddhist and hinduism threefold kind of meant pretty much pay it forward if some if you had a good act done to you you do three good acts out so i think that's a lot of misconception that a lot of people have not noticed and this book is going to explain it to you uh, but there's a lot of interesting things in here. Uh, they cover some baneful magic, curses, and one thing I thought might be interesting there's been an uptick in interest in sigil working. Uh, they do a pretty good job covering sigil working using uh, not only the alphabetical wheel in a traditional clockwise and counterclockwise, depending on the type of sigil that you want to work and the uh, intention that you might have, but also how to create your own, like what you'll find in uh, Laura. Um Zacharov's book. Um, and they did a pretty good job coloring, uh covering color correspondence, how to use them, how to work with them. Um, which one of the other books that I'm gonna talk about a little later, the Ozark Mountain Spellbook, because you know me, I love spell books. I love collecting grimoires, And there were a couple of colors not even colored in here, or covered, I should say. The colors weren't covered in here. Um this one did a pretty good job covering all of them for anybody who is new. Not sure what the different colors mean. Um, some of them are a little different than how I learned how I use them, but they have that little caveat that says, if it doesn't resonate for you, do what you want, use it how you want. Um, and what I found fun, they cover certain things in your kitchen that you may not have thought to use, like banana. Oh,
1: that's but, interesting.
0: You know, what to do with those annoying apple seeds if you're one of those people that cuz like when i'm cutting up an apple i hate it when i cut them in half but um just little things that i didn't think of why didn't i think of how to use some of that and a good explanation of some of your more common oils um your van van oil your anointing oil or your blockbuster oil your black cat oil that a lot of new people may not know what to do with but um, It's a pretty good starter book, has a really nice index. Uh, They index it out first by like what your attention might be and then also by what the tool is. So if you've got a certain tool, what does that represent? How to use it? And then you can go back the other way if you need it. But and then it's broken down into your herbs, your colors, all those other references. So... It's a pretty good, pretty good book for for beginners. If you're somebody that's been in the game a little while, you might find this kind of like there might be a couple things in here that you're like, oh, that's fun, but you're like, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. But but still a pretty good resource. It's, it's pretty thick. It's got some information in there. I think the, the sigil wheel might be more kind of the takeaway for a lot of people. But again, the Witch's Book of Spellcraft by Jason Mankey, Matt Cavalli, Amanda Lynn, and Erie man key by Llewellyn how much is that running uh it is running 24.95 uh trade paperback did not come out in a hardback just a trade Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty pretty thick book so if you're starting your collection of um you know spell books it it could be a good addition to start your basis with but uh but yeah not horrible nice Welcome back, Alex. Yeah. Yes,
2: right back. <laughs> no idea what happened or what
0: happened. <laughs> she's gone. Bring her back. <laughs> okay. We'll go, we'll go clock our uh yeah, clockwise. So Violet and Holly, what, what books my two ladies have?
3: So I'm starting off with this book, Spellwork for Self-Care. 40 spells to soothe. Spirit. This is written by Lynn Pasternova and published under Clarkson Potter publishes. Um, I find that this, I love the artwork. Very mm-hmm. warm tones. Very like it. It reminds me a lot of like some of those indie decks that come out once mm-hmm. in a while. Um, I will say it's a very women uh, woman focused book, and it talks a lot about how women have a tendency to put a lot of time and energy to other people and are usually caretakers of their family. So it kind of talks in the first page, the first few pages about how, like by, by taking care of yourself, you can um, kind of inspire other people to take care of themselves too. Um, it talks in the introduction, a lot of about prep materials, uh, timing the best times to put forth your spell work. Um, casting circles, and then clean up after you're done with your practice. Um, It also has, one thing I like about this book is it has a lot of spells from a variety of traditions. So it's not just Wiccan. Um, You'll find different languages in here too. Um, So it goes in an order, spell work basics, spells for protection, wellness, love, including like yourself, and friendships, family, relationships, and uh, different spells for some couples too. Um, It also talks about finances and your future as well as sovereignty and kind of exploring your own personal power. Um, And there's an appendix that kind of talks about days of week, different correspondences, colors, um, divination methods and resources. Um, I will say that the divination methods I found it kind of like unrelated to this, but it is a cute little uh kind of I don't know oh brief overview. So I, I didn't hate it. I loved
1: the first part, what you opened to, I like, caught a glimpse and it was like yes. Yeah, self-care, self-care is feminist. I self-care love that. Is feminist. I'm gonna have to borrow this book from you, yeah. Violet. <laughs> one of the one
3: uh I like the way that it's that this book is laid out for being such a ball uh, a small book, it really is. So in depth, like for improving communication, it will give you the right timing, uh, the different materials that you need. And it'll also give you things that you can say and sigils, which I thought oh, was cool. Awesome. Cause again, sigils are becoming more popular. So awesome. yeah, Lynn Pestanova, um, this one runs for 12.99 and honestly, I think it's a good little book if you're feeling like you need some self-care in your life. Yeah.
4: Do we know if that's the same author that does the astrology self-care books? I don't think so. You'd have to double check. I think the artwork
3: might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It is possible, though. I will have to see. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like
1: a really... I like. It's a good book. It, yeah. That's cool because it's not just... Um, it sort of, like, addresses everyone. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. Very cool. So um, I'm Holly. I'm Violet's mama. So I um, I am reading a new one. It's called uh, The Witch's Path, Advancing Your Craft at Every Level. Um, it is by Thorne Mooney. And this one is a Llewellyn as well. It was just published, I think, in recently, fairly recently, maybe 21, because I think I just picked it up a few weeks ago. Um, this is a. It's an interesting book. Um, it kind of relates to what we've been talking about um, with uh, violets as well. Is that this is kind of a self care book in regards to no matter where you are at what level of the craft you are. So at first I wasn't sure, um, but it it really sort of breaks it um, down into. I think the the initial um, sort of. Uh, piece of this is what exactly is witchcraft for you and how do you define yourself as a witch and sort of really kind of thinking about that and maybe coming, approaching it from a different angle than what you, um, always thought about. It, there, so there's a lot of history and just, um, she talks about her own experience. And then I think I was, you know, relating to a lot of the, uh, a lot of what she was talking about. Um, it goes through, uh, and is broken up into also being um, part of self-care, uh, um, really creating your sacred space. So no matter where you are, like sometimes I get a little bit, you know, I'm I've been doing this for a while. So I, I kind of get, need to go through and like freshen things up or um, and it talks a lot about how that it reflects your craft and um, that it's so important to build. A sacred space. Um, it talks about cleansing your space. You know, even no matter where you are on the path, um, to really take that time to um, just clean the way um, and be attentive to that space because it reflects and nourishes everything that you, um, all of the the work that you are doing. Uh, all the one part two. There's a devotional. Um, it really kind of, um, she talks a lot about like what, like sort of defining and redefining our own definitions of both ourselves, our craft, what paths, um, you know, what deities are, are we, um, working with that sort of thing. Um, and then this part was interesting to me. Um, there's a personal practice, uh, section where, um, it's sort of like re- igniting if you're if you're been in um practice for a while like what are you actually doing reevaluating um your meditation practice your um, path working um, um definitely promoting journaling and journaling like you know after divination that sort of thing um and it talks about maintaining your shrine um, and then what I love because, you know, I'm a nerd and a teacher is that to it really talks a lot about um, studying and reading and furthering your education. You know, like, don't be like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And, and and just sort of like, hey, put a little flame in where we all are and um, being open to new ex- new experiences, new knowledge and creating a personal practice that is. Um, nourishing to our souls on a, you know, on a regular basis, because I think a lot of us sometimes if we feel like, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but sometimes work gets a little much and you start to feel like a hamster on a wheel. And then, you know, your practice kind of falls off. And I think this is just a wonderful reminder about, you know, finding your community, finding yourself, but also reaching out for learning experiences. So I, I really, have been enjoying this book a lot. Um, I think it's for every level. So that's really wonderful. It's 1799. And again, uh, The Witch's Path
2: Advancing Your Craft
1: at Every Level by Thorne Mooney.
2: I like that. I like that it actually addresses like your sacred space.
1: Oh, yeah. It was, I really enjoyed that. Like at first, I wasn't like at sure because she was kind of like, you know, talking about her experience, but then I started to sort of be like, "Yeah, I can relate to that. I understand where you're coming from, and I enjoyed it. I really did." Like reigniting your passion, yeah, and yeah, like, and, mm-hmm. doing yeah doing. exactly. And that was really, really um, important for me. Mm-hmm. Certainly, awesome. I guess it would be
4: me next, and <laughs> then <laughs> <Yep. Yep. laughs> sure, we guys, changed up a little bit. Did, it, did it awful is completely different than i'm starting with um it is not anything of witchcraft it is more of the metaphysical sense um so the book that i started off with is the understanding human design um the new science of astrology discover who you really are um so it does have some astrology in it but it has a lot more than just astrology so um, first off is by karen curry uh, publishing company Air Font Publishing. Um, the book is $21.95. Um, so this book really you should go to the website, which did I write, did I write that down? Oops i did not it is in the book though um the human design if you look it up on google just type in human design i'm sure the website will pop up you want to have your chart first um when i was reading this without the chart i was just all like huh um (laughs) if you have your chart you kind of can be able to understand what they're talking about in the book itself um because it has your astrology chart it also breaks down things like i'll just kind of show you through so there's several things that go on in this chart i don't know if you guys can see that that close or not um it has your astrology chart it has numbers um it also has the kabbalah involved the i ching um your chakras involved so it's it's not just astrology it's a little bit of everything that makes up you um they also made like their own version of like the myers-briggs to understand what you are as a person so when i was doing mine just to kind of you know do a little um i found out the things when people ask is, is, is they know about the human design? What are you? Are you a generator? Are you a receptor? Are you this? Are you that? Um, I'm a pure generator. So, um, when you read this book, you kind of understand like, that's your type. So how you learn and how you process things in this life in this body um and then it just helps you to understand yourself what you can like your strengths and your weaknesses that you can work on um if anything it also shows you what parts of the body are your strongest suits as well um i notice most of mine happen to be my lower parts so like my roots Uh, My sacral and my solar plexus tend to be my stronger points. Um, But like I said, it it involves so many things. Um, And then when you have this, you can literally go chapter by chapter and understand, okay, so this is my body graph. This is what this means. Um, this is the, you know, nine different centers, which is the different chakras and they're placed differently because it follows the Kabbalah. And then there's different lines um, in there that uh, basically are connecting um, the dots, as I kind of say, um, like little channels, like they show little channels. They're either black or they're white. If they're black, that means they are um. They're connected, they're white, they're not connected. Um, and then it breaks it down even more. Um yeah, it's it's, it's just a lot. So if you're somebody that likes going down rabbit holes and wanting to study yourself a little bit more, um, this book is up your alley. Um, I will say there are people that actually do this as readings. Um, I know we're looking into seeing if we know somebody in the area to do these types of readings. And um, being able to understand yourself a little bit more, because this is a little bit newer. There's a couple of people that generated this um, together, I believe, in the early 1900s. Um, Let's see. Spiritual teacher ra ru um, created this. So it's basically science and spirituality marrying together um but Karen Curie was the one that kind of like breaks everything up so you understand it a little bit more because if you don't understand any of this stuff you're not gonna (laughs) understand your chart and what you're about um but yeah this is the human design by Karen Curie if you want to know any more feel free to come to the shop
0: I got a couple copies on purpose because I kept hearing people talk about this especially like Brittany um so I'm like oh let me let me see what she's always talking about and I brought it home and I start I'm like oh this is astrology nope
4: <laughs> I'm like Lori this is for you <laughs> yeah but so much more than just astrology it just has like the it's that's the thing it just has your natal chart but everything else off of that is so much more like the whole Kabbalah like them involving the Kabbalah into this and where the Kabbalah meets with your, your body type and like knowing where your body is the strongest and why you carry like maybe possibly weight or why you always have issues with certain areas of the body. So it kind of like, it's like light bulb. Okay. This makes sense. Um, and then knowing like there's certain people that are here to be generators, like me being a generator that that's like a 30%. I'm one of the, I'm not a rare person. I'm one of those people that give off that energy. I'm one to give out that energy to people. And um, then there's others that take it. So, I mean, there's a whole, it just breaks it down. If you really want to understand this, like I said, Google human design, do your chart. You really do have to know your birth date and time and place um, to be able to have this uh, and follow it through that book.
0: Interesting. Might have to take another peek at it.
2: Does she rolled her eyes again? Uh, (laughs) Astrology.
4: Um, It's it's literally like a blip. That's all you need is like that. And then everything else like is connected together. It's not, it's like a small basis of astrology. Everything else is added in. I feel like that's more stronger than this, this
2: astrology. Okay. So the first one I would like to talk about tonight is called of blood and bones. It is by Kate Fruhler. And for a mere $19, you could also take this one home. But I will warn you this is one of those books that definitely walks up to the line of moral and ethical witchcraft Mm -hmm. and then tap dances all over it and challenges you to think about it with her. Um, The entire book is about the i guess grittier um and when i say darker side of magic i don't mean like evil but i do mean like this is this is a book for someone who's willing to get their hands dirty metaphorically speaking and physically speaking so for example um like one of the sections in the books that she does talk about she makes something called death oil and like the ingredients in your death oil are Dead insect carcasses, animal bones, graveyard dirt or dirt from fallow ground on which nothing grows, ashes, dead plants, dead leaves, an object that was used to kill something. So, this is kind of a book that, if you are somebody who has done the mental and emotional work first to decide how do you feel about hexes, curses, poppets, how do you feel about, um, influencing types of magic versus receptive types of magic, that it's, it's a book that could definitely benefit you. But the entire first half of the book, which I really appreciate what she does is she makes you think about it. She takes the entire first chapter and challenges you to understand that this isn't child's play. This isn't just something that you should pick up and, and do if you're a beginner by any means, like, uh, going back to like her death oil that she chooses to make things like anointing candles that you can use in curses or banishes, um, blessing items that you would like to uh, represent habits that you'd like to banish off of yourself. Putting drops of oil in someone's shoes whose influence you want from your life. So it's I always hesitate to use the idea of good and bad, white and dark, white and black rather because what this author manages to do is she manages to very unbiased un like there's no dispersions there's no opinions on it she talks you through here are these parts of magic that exist in the world and these are these parts of systems in the world that if you have the light you have to have the dark because that's mm-hmm. just how the scales balance each other um she drives it within a sense of working with the dark moon rather than the full moon. Um, I very much enjoyed the fact that she also took the time to explain that if you were going to collect certain objects, like um, I think I picked this up originally because she has a whole section on bones and skulls and throwing bones. Um, And I love I love a good I love a good throwing bone. Um but she actually talks about the ethics of if you are someone who is gonna be using these kinds of actual organic materials in your craft, you know, you are taking responsibility for those. You are responsible for knowing where are these objects coming from? Are they being ethically sourced? What it is you're using them for, because she she understands the the gravity of a lot of the more like intricate kind of magics. She does go into depth on like cursing and magical manipulations, but she immediately follows that up with is uh, your sacrifice. Like, if this is something that you are willing to do, these are the things you must be willing to sacrifice. These are the things you must be willing to take on as part of this portion of magic. And I really liked her approach because she didn't it it was it was not like a good or bad thing it wasn't her saying like this is a bad part of magic you shouldn't do this this was her saying here's a part of magic that eventually every practitioner has to sit down and ask themselves these questions are you somebody that will do manipulation magic are you somebody who you know will work with hexes curses banishings and she kind of just talks you through Here's what that would look like for you if it was something that you wanted to incorporate into your craft. Um, I was very much impressed with again how objective she was able to be. And it did make me think it's one of those books that you you take it chapter by chapter because every chapter she's gonna bring up interesting things in your life or things that you had kind of questioned before about whether or not you could and couldn't do. And it makes you sit down and think about it. Like you, like this, this book took me a long time to get through because I would have to stop every chapter or so and do some serious, like meditative, introspective work on, you know, okay, what does it, what does it truly mean if I'm going to use my own blood in a spell or a ritual? You know, what is it going to mean if I'm going to use, you know, actual animal bones in my throwing pieces? What are the implications of that? Um, and I I liked it because I've always been, a tr- I mean, Lori can attest because the Scorpio in us always kind of gets excited about like anything dark and deviant. We're like, ooh, sign me up. Um, but it's it was such a well-done analytical look at what would be considered like the taboo sides of magic. And I definitely think it's something that practitioners, that if you were, no, definitely not for just starting out because there's a lot of heavy concepts in here but for someone that's willing to like ready to like challenge themselves and really kind of think through and kind of do some of the the learning that like holly had talked about doing like it would definitely be a book worth getting so of blood and bones working with the shadow magic and dark of the moon by kate fruler um i'm i'm super glad i got this book i would love to have an entire hour discussion about stuff in this book, because it does cover a lot of those taboo topics that you should ask yourselves. You should, you should have those conversations with yourself and this, this helps facilitate those conversations with yourself without casting it in a good light or bad light or a yes or no. It just, here, here's what it is. So
0: there's so much taboo and scare, you know, around anything of that sort people Mm -hmm. are waiting for the hills and i'm like why
2: like it's part of life death is a part of life this is just it's i don't know like it it spoke to that realist in me that kind of understands that you know yes death can be this beautiful magical thing and it is a transition but it also it is a gritty thing it's a raw thing it's something that leaves you know holes in you and how to use those energies and how to actually you know channel that into something a little bit more worthwhile
4: mm-hmm.
2: um was super enlightening
0: i i peeked through it i haven't read too much through it but i might have to at some point because mm-hmm. you know me i like going down those rabbit holes with the, ah. the taboo and the scary stuff or, yeah
2: makes you question where can i get grave graveyard dirt <laughs> <laughs> anywhere as
3: long
0: as you don't get caught well, right <laughs> 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 uh, the next book um, I was going to talk about, this is actually um, the second from this author, Brandon Weston, Ozark Mountain Spellbook. His first one was Ozark Mountain Magic um, by Llewellyn. This one's 1999. Um, it is Ozark folk, very hoodoo esque, which is kind of right up my alley. Um, I was a little disappointed there wasn't as many spells cause I love collecting spells, even if it's just to be like, did you read this one? Did you see what it said? That's silly, huh? But it's still fun to read. Um, he does a great job for beginners on, I mean, he even tells you like, I'm gonna break every spell down into the timing when you need it, day of the week, blah, 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 blah. If you don't know how to do it, this is going to hold your hand and tell you how to do it. Um, he even breaks down like the level of um, effectiveness if you're doing spell work for other people, like whether or not it's a piece of hair from them all the way scaled back to maybe are just grabbing a book from their house. Don't don't go <laughs> trespassing, guys. Um, Relating spell work into days of the week with the astrology man and a really nice chart for days of the week, what it means and what you can and can't do. Um, I say can't very loosely because I am of the belief that if you need to do a working, you do the working regardless of what day of the week, month, what astrological sign is going on. Whether or not it's full moon, because as I say, the moon is always full, we're in the different position, not the moon. Um, yeah. What I found interesting, though, in the candle working and the color, he does not reference yellow at all. Um, which I thought was very interesting. Um, no yellow correspondence. Um, and didn't really see a good reason why yellow was kind of not included. Um, but he covers everything from like witches ladders to things for mending. Um you know, broken hearts, how to catch a fever in an egg. That was another one. We are so used to seeing or um, like egg cleansings where you rub the egg over the body and you break it in the water, you know, kind of like that South American tradition. No, you, you say an incantation over the egg with a Bible verse, you, uh, verse, you throw on it or blow on it three times, then you throw it in a body of moving water. Never have seen an cleansing described that way, but this is how they do it in the Ozark Mountains. <laughs> so some some fun little things in here. Um, very, very well done. If you are kind of coming in, in the very beginning, you have an idea, but you're still kind of unsure what to do on some things, how to quite do it. Um, I mean, it, it's really well broken down. I mean, you can't not know what to do. Um, don't be surprised with the Bible verses that are listed in here. That, that is a part of a lot of folk in hoodoo magic. And this is folk. So um, don't automatically toss it aside. Um, if, if you're a recovering Catholic or Protestant or whatever, there's a lot of magic that can happen in that, that Christian book that can add to what you're doing. But um, it's pretty fun. But, but again, it's, it's, it breaks everything down really, really basic. Um, but what I found too, for them, they, they don't use smudge for them. Their cleansing is red cedar. So that, that is what they, uh, see c- red cedar and juniper. So, um, fun little interesting things. If you're somebody that you're like, I am tired of burning sage, grab some cedar, red cedar or juniper or both. Um, but yeah, fun little, fun little book to add to your collection, just, I mean, there's quite a few spells, just not as much. And, and because, you know, I'm the one that has like that 5,000 spell book in one book, too. So
2: <laughs> if, want more. If you contact the author in the back of that book. Because I, know, I love a lot of the, the pagan and witchcraft books. They usually have a way to reach out to like the author or like the publisher. Um,
0: he does. Uh, he's got Ozarkhealing.com. Um, he is a uh, folk herbalist, a yarg, which is uh, like herbal medicine doctor and a doctor so he teaches he has his own whole like thing going on down in that area but uh, he's
2: ask what the hell he's got against the color yellow <laughs> right like why why no yellow, why no yellow? <laughs>
0: Fayetteville Arkansas and I'm like oh I used to live kind of close down there um but yeah Ozarkhealing.com. if you wanted to ask him why there's no yellow <laughs> that was my takeaway why no yellow in your why book no I really
1: think you should send him an email. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I okay, like, well, apparently, no. I get like,
2: a lot of
4: emails tomorrow. <laughs> why did you not use the color yellow? Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> <You
2: know, laughs> all witches love a good, like, table of correspondence. We love a good chart. Yeah. That stuff, like, that is the first thing in witchcraft I feel like everybody yeah, gets you yellow.
0: yellow. Right? Because, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they reference, like, limes and... Y- uh lemons and other yellowy greeny, you know and i'm like so <laughs> they're familiar with yellow <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it was a like, like
3: they'll never know <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
0: no yellow
1: <laughs> it's kind of interesting melissa what you said about the cleansing with like cedar because the uh um in the Celtic tradition as well and i i know that a lot of the the people in that area and and also in you know appalachia with the folk magic are of those are descendants celtic descendants so i um that made that totally resonated with me nerd i know i'm a nerd but i um cedar a lot as well so <laughs> uh, yeah, that spoke to me you're like i there's cedar <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay, so my next book is *The Witch of the Forest: Guide to Earth Magic*. This book is by Lindsay Squire, published by Leaping Hair Press. It is a British company. Um, the this author starts off her book. I mean, she just jumps right into it. Um, she starts off with like things to know about me, where I'm coming from, what am what what I want you to know. She is inspired by east and Angelia- Anglian East Anglian Angl- Anglian yeah. yeah, 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 um tradition and Cornish tradition, mm-hmm. so very specific. um, she just to know just just to know before you like go into this book, she talks about how important your energy is as a tool for your own personal growth, um kind of like with Alex's book, facing your light and dark Mm -hmm. and how to use both of those in your practice and to not shy away from one or the other and how vital it is for you to kind of find your own practices Mm -hmm. and not always stick to like the, the rules, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a few parts of this book casting a circle and ritual basics. She goes into elements, seasons, um, Mother Earth magic, crystals, divination, empath care, which I thought was really interesting, and shadow work and energy balancing techniques. So this is a very broad book. I think that this is a very good book for beginners because it kind of touches a little bit of everything. And there's also um, different herbs that they talk about and different, It it's just a very broad overview, but condensed into one smaller thing. Um, there's some cool sections in here, just to show you how broad it is. There's like water ritual baths for enhancing intuition, so kind of going into the self-care. There's also um, connecting with the energies of summer and different things that you can do with that, such as carrying fire crystals and harvesting herbs. Um, she talks about turning your own seasons and energy and honoring your own life cycles. And again, this, this book has a lot of cool artwork too. I'm very drawn to books with a lot of artwork. Um, She talks herb and spice grimoire. So very, uh, yeah, very (laughs) grimoire-ish. And then also, and I thought this was a really cool part of this book, talking about caring for yourself as an empathetic person, as an empath, Mm -hmm. and how important it is to kind of relax and not always soak up other people's energy and and how to kind of cleanse yourself, protect yourself, Mm -hmm. check yourself before you want to do any of your work. Um, Another really cool thing about this book, is the cover so the inside of the cover actually comes oh, out and it becomes a rune like a little rune thing a little rune map so that uh you can use as a board so an actual tool within mm-hmm. the book yeah and secrets like witches we love that kind of stuff i know it's like <laughs> a secret within this book
0: <laughs> so very cool. like useful books jars boxes rock sticks right <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of a lot of that kind of thing.
3: And um again, Lindsay Squire, The Witch of the Forest Guide to Earth Magic. This one goes for 14 or 20, 14.99 in pounds, but we are not in England. So 20. Mm -hmm.
1: Very good book, in my opinion. I have no complaints. So yeah. I love that because um I think it's so important, like, especially like young um you know people just starting out it's really important young to people. understand yeah listen here to understand like um how to protect yourself and how to really um um you know like being an empath sometimes you know like especially if you are is generational, like you don't always quite know how to handle that when you get overwhelmed and that sort of thing. So that's I really love yeah. that. That's cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah, very cool. So I am going to this book, okay. I am so super excited about this book. This, for anyone out there that is into any sort of Celtic tradition, um, or I mean this, I think it really Anyone that's interested in mythology, anyone who is interested in astral projection or like spirit work, um, guided meditations. Wow, is this every year book. Um, I am super excited about this. This is called Celtic Myth and Magic, Harness the Power of the Gods and Goddesses by Edain McCoy. Um, This is also a Llewellyn um, and this, this is an amazing, amazing book. You can see how it's a nice, thick book. Um, I, I, you know, I am in, of the Celtic tradition, and I also teach mythology, so I cannot tell you how well done this book is. Um, this is not a surface, um, you know, just. Uh, nod to mythology this is like the real deal for sure so um it it goes through and the the sections it really gives you uh, if you're not familiar or if you're just starting out just learning um about the Celts, the their uh, other worlds their different um you know the our shea and different um sections of the other world um the pantheon the gods and goddesses and then it really it takes you into sort of um the wheels of the year, the, the Celtic wheel of the year, the turning of um, the, we're coming upon Lai the soon. so um, that's part of it. Also, then there's a parallel with basically our life cycles in regards to the, 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 the Celts, you know, believe in uh, cyclical time and that basically to some degree it's uh, there is not an ending or a beginning and there's a certain um, immortality and a kind of reckon- um, We were talking earlier about not being afraid of death. Well to some degree that is one of the um, things that is so Im- important because The Celts looked at the world around them. They saw that the seasons after winter spring always comes back life always comes back and there's this cycle and so this book kind of connects all of these, all of these ideas, all of these things. And then the part that really absolutely blew my mind was uh, the part on pathworking. Um, and this is something that was kind of new to me. I mean, I've done guided meditations, that sort of thing we all have in the tradition. But this was new to me. Um, before my... I'm going to throw myself out there for a very important birthday that I recently had. Um, I I bought myself a present. And that present was a handmade drum for this little Scottish lady who is the bomb. And she made me this drum. And we really connected. And she sent me a um, guided meditation and with the drum. And it was just like... I can't even explain to it. It was like coming home and it was so, so amazing and so meaningful to me. And so when I've had this book and, you know, I've flipped through, but then it's sort of like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to see this. This is really important work here. So these, um, the path work is really interesting because again, it is that um, traveling into your inner world, some call it um, um, astral projection or you know, um, different uh, inner world journeying. Um, It can be vision work. Uh, But here um, in this part, it's really interesting. It says, past working sometimes referred to as an advanced magical practice is as old as the art of storytelling itself, an art highly prized by the Celts. their itinerant storytellers, which were, they were called um, the uh, Shenaki have by using these ancient myths helped transport many persons into the inner realms and back again without ever knowing such a transformation occurred and that is a definitely another motif of transformation and so this book kind of takes you through and it has these sections where it kind of prepares you to do several guided journeys uh using um the three the uh is a major um over Nine Waves, Cochulin is uh, one of the main heroes He and uh, in the Irish tradition, and then uh, Queen Maeve, and then in the Arthurian tradition, uh, Merlin. So there are three different sections, but in the beginning, it takes you through of how to sort of like begin the pathway, um, get your space set, and then it um, it talks about putting your fears to rest if you've never done anything like that, like basically like talking you down off the ledge, like you're going to be, you know, everything's cool. You're safe. Every, but this is going to transform you. It's going to, um, you're going to learn about yourself and your, your practice. Um, but there's an invocation and basically it's almost like, you remember those books where you were like, you kind of make your own ending and that sort of thing. It reminds me kind of of that because, um, for each one, you would have either, and you could do this in a group. In fact, I would love to maybe at some later time, maybe we all kind of try this out together. Um, hint, hint. But, um, <laughs> but definitely.
3: Oh, look at the kitty. Um, Sorry. <laughs> anyway,
1: um, but the there's an invocation which someone, if sort of, um, can read it at, to the group, or you can read it to yourself. Um, you could probably even tape it. But it's taking you through that breath work and you know, sort of bringing you into this altered state to travel, and then um, you follow the for which, whichever of the um, whichever the of the Celtic uh, traditions that you want to follow. But then you seamlessly then go back into the um, There is basically a coming uh, a returning home, which I love that. That's really really awesome. But basically, um, you know, it, it, it's like feeling very light again, you step off the ground and find that you can fly, you fly back up the rainbow, you know, and it takes you back home. And um, and then it also guides you. And then after, you know, I, uh, it talks a lot, a lot about archetypes, about Jung, which is right up my alley as well. And then it talks about like taking this and what you learn and then creating your own creating your own stories and your own meditations. And again, this could definitely be in a a group of like-minded, you know, spirit workers, which I think that's so exciting to me, um, especially if you're of the Celtic tradition, it's just marvelous. So I was really, I really am excited about this book. And then of course the rest of it, because there's such a huge resource book, but it talks um, there are, you know, there's a, pan, a a really detailed pantheon of the Celtic gods and goddesses. There are, uh, pronunciate, there's a pronunciation guide because I think that's part of, you know, like even the sound of that when you're, when you are doing that, um, sort of vision work is really important. Um, and it, then it also has, um, in here, which I think is kind of amazing. It has songs. So if any, anyone out there is, um. Is musical. Uh, you, there are. There's actually sheep music in here. There's also recipes. So like, um, there. Are, uh, you could have some Cornish pasty. Uh, 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 Cornish right. While well, while you are going on your journeying, um, of course, um, a little bit of um, uh, spirits for your spirit work as well. So I kind of love that. But again, this is one of the most thorough books on um celtic deities that i have ever seen it is like both really really in depth but also really user-friendly because of the way that it is um you know laid out right exactly it's it's really an awesome book so i if you are at all interested in celtic um work or myth Definitely check this out. This one was $27.99, but I, I say it's a steal because it is such an amazing book. It's called Celtic Myth and Magic: Harness the Power of the God and Goddesses, again by Ida McCoy, who's been writing for a really long time. So um highly, highly recommend. It looks like a really thick book. How many pages is that bad book? I don't know, but it's a maze balls, and we need to try this. <laughs> we're going to do some guided meditations because this is what happened this seems like oh it's like 500 pages but of pure awesomeness and i'm not kidding (laughs) if you are a celtic uh practitioner it is pure awesomeness (laughs) even if you're not why not oh it's amazing because i love the part about how you know, once you do this, uh, this vision work, how you can totally, it's important to then be creative and mindful and, and you take over, you write, which is another thing that I just, I am so connected with. So it is a book of, of the old and empowerment in the new and going forward. And I just, I love it. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Awesome. Cool deal
0: well you're next laurie
4: yeah i know and i'm like i'm i feel like i'm the oddball out until the end i have i have like a witchy book at the end but i'm all like i'm out of the out of the box with stuff to to, because i'm like no my mind needs like expanding and healing and all this jazz um so this book we got in was maybe like a couple weeks ago um healing with the akashic records Uh so it's I don't know if anybody knows about the Akashic Records or not. Um, the Akashic Records are... The, the, if you think of like most every movie, I kind of think of them in a different way. But everyone will see it in a different way when they tap into it. But everybody has an Akashic Record. This is basically what is your contract, what you signed up for when you decided you were made basically it doesn't it's it's it has a little bit of everything from all the lives you've lived um but really focusing um purely with this one on this life um when you tap into this book by linda howe sorry i jumped i'm like linda howe um sounds true is the publishing company um it really helps you to navigate your way to getting into the kashic records so how they break it down Oh, no. Oh, uh, was somebody trying to call me, of course, right when I'm doing this. Uh, breaking it down into two different things. Um, you're fixed Akashic records, and then your are not fixed Akashic records. Now, your fixed Akashic records are what is going to happen inevitably. It's just it. That's how that's the timeline that you picked, that you signed the contract when you came down here. Yeah. The not so fixed is the stuff that you can manipulate and fix. Um, So with that being said, um, it kind of gets broken into different parts in the book. Um, So there's like part one, part two, part three, and then it goes by chapters in each one of them. Um, Actually, let me tell you, there's, there's four parts. So with this book, it is something to take baby steps with. Um, it is not something that you have to, you, you're going to just jump right, right in. Um, if you're not used to meditating, if you're not used to being calm and focused and everything, this is not the book for you yet. <laughs> Got to wait a little bit. But if you're ready to heal and you're ready to focus on yourself and to, you know, um, fix some things that you know, need to be fixed. Uh this book is up your alley. <laughs> um so one of the great things that I loved about this book is there's actually a their process of doing it is through like a version of a prayer of their prayer. Um when I was doing it as you saw my cat popping in the video. My cat came running when I was when I did it. Like whenever <laughs> I a type of meditation, he's I think he's just there to make sure I'm coming back. <laughs>
1: <'Cause>, <laughs>
4: Lori likes to leave and sometimes not come back and so when uh there's an opening prayer and a closing prayer which is awesome I love that there's like it's like okay make sure you close kind of like the Ouija when you open it you say hello and then make sure you finish with goodbye same thing open it figure out what your Akashic records are it will look different to everybody a lot of people say um a lot of times they kind of look like filing cabinets but where you're going to in your mind is, is different than everybody else's. So, um, there's always going to be like a person specifically that is known as like, um, you've got, I'm sorry. I wrote it down. Okay. So you have like your masters, the masters, um, remain in a relationship with an individual from the point of the soul's inception and throughout time. So they're the masters of the Akashic records. Um, then there are like the, the lords of the Akashic records, and they are like a group of people that are entrusted with your records. So they are the ones that kind of are like your team that are entrusted with the records. And then you have your teachers who are the ones that like show you the records and can help you figure out where it is you want to go and um, learn to you know, heal. And then you have your loved ones. Believe it or not, loved ones that have passed on to the other side usually can show up during your um, session when you're doing um, this to open your Akashic Records and to uh, go down that alleyway. Um, but it breaks it down even more, um, like I said, each each section, like becoming aware of self-abandonment. Like if you ever were a person in will say I felt like I like one of my love languages which kind of entice if anybody has ever talked about love languages one of my love languages is quality time because I always felt like I was abandoned so that's something I need to heal from so that would be something I would want to go and find in my Akashic records and try to heal it's and it's not going to happen overnight it's a lot of work this is this is a book if you want to do the dirty work if you want to take your time it's gonna take i don't know it just depends on each person i guess um this is the book i would suggest um but i love that I, like i said it breaks it down into chapters they have a little prayer an opening prayer a closing prayer they go into detail about what the akashic records are um and uh Okay, sorry, cat. Cat (laughs) likes to be in my space as I'm talking about this stuff (laughs) and just all like your different runes. They called sacred wounds because those are things over time that really tore us like kind of cut a a void into us so that we are going back and fixing that. But um, first thing, just even going off of this, I just got an Akashic records reading from somebody that's in the shop. Um, that would be Julie, Julie Clesta. Exactly. Uh, so she, we're going to try and get her to do a Akashic Records class. But I love that this is tapping into that work and really f- helping, you know, with our guides, our ancestors and all that. They're helping us to heal and to, you know, ascend a little bit higher once we, once we decide to kick the bucket. So, again, Healing with the Akashic Records by Linda Howe. Um, sounds true, and this is seventeen
2: ninety nine. Am I the only one that ever hears about any of these? Like, you know, you're meeting your masters, you're meeting your teachers. That it's almost like you're having to answer to a very large cosmic board of directors. <laughs> yeah,
4: that, that's how it is, and uh, that's how I even like saw it. It was like like at a round table with yep, like all these conference people. room. Okay, what are we doing? <laughs> yep, and if uh, they all have a certain Like they show up at certain times that you they're needed too. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought was cool. As I got to actually see even more of them because I only see like a blip. Got to see. Uh,
2: So the next one I want to talk about is called the Crooked Path. It's an introduction to traditional witchcraft. Uh, The author is Keldon. He is a Mono name like Madonna. Um, I was originally drawn to this book. Uh, my both sides of my family, mother and father's side, are trace the roots back through West Virginia. Um, I am hiding a lot of Appalachian white trash, um, and I'm doing it very well. But I I still have a lot of roots to that Appalachian folk culture. And I wanted to explore what that connection to nature looks like without being cottage core, so to speak. Like I I wanted it to be more of like you know walking in a woods and stuff like that. But like so the crooked path, what I liked about how Keldon approached this is it's not, he makes it a point to express fact that you as a practitioner have to define this for yourself that there is no set absolute you know end-all be-all definition of what witches do I love the fact that he is a male identifying author he does use he him but also identifies as a witch I love stuff like that um but he talks about a lot more of the traditional kind of down-home magic that you can get yourself into um he talks about like the actual tools that you know traditional witches would use and it goes beyond like you know the cauldron and the broomstick like he talks about um creating your own stang and like taking yourself on walks through the woods and asking you know whatever spirits are around in the woods to to help you find one, to help you work with one. Um, one of the things I loved that he did was wherever you were at, geographically speaking, um, he makes it a point for you to talk to your genus loci, to, to the land whites, to who or whatever geographically is around you. That's who you should be talking to. That's who you should be. If, if you have land, if you have property, if you are working in the woods, you owe kind of those higher powers, that respect of knowing their names, of knowing, you know, whose house you're basically walking into and asking them, you know, to work with you. Uh, I also really enjoyed that he spent a good chunk of the book kind of breaking down the differences between Wicca and witchcraft. Because I feel like it's, he does a really good job of not being fully Wicca, not being fully like untraditional witchcraft. But he's very big on where can you find yourself in, in your own path. And the way he presents it is as you read through the book and as you go through the chapters, he has these wonderful little, almost like story that you're walking yourself through where, you know, you're standing before a dirt path that stretches and winds far into the distance, you know, all around the walls around you, you know, abundant growing. Like he actually tells a story almost of you walking through your journey of you walking through. And he kind of metaphorically talks you through walking through the woods and finding your tools and connecting with, the witch mother and the witch father, which was a concept I had never heard of before. Um, Talking about, you know, how, how to connect with the world that you're walking in and then how to connect with the other worlds that are around you. And he does it by almost inviting you to kind of romanticize your journey a little bit. And, you know, envisioning yourself, metaphorically speaking, walking through the woods that is your life and identifying, you know, the tools you're going to be using, the, uh, the ancestors, the familiars, the fetches that you're going to be relying with. Um, He also makes it a very large point in here to call back to a lot of the older folklore. Um, He talks about when he talks like the witch mother and the witch father. He talks about the witch father in some of the lore of like the black woodsman. And the fact that this, you know, the black woodsman, the black man, you know, who oftentimes was, was called Tom, which I love that because it's such an Appalachian pool. Like, he does kind of get into some of the more like, not dark side, but definitely the more like the, eh, like, you wouldn't really want to meet this, you know, deity or higher power or spirit by yourself, maybe have somebody there who kind of knows them better. Um but I loved I loved his approach to it. I liked the fact that he also made it a point to if you were going to be somebody who wanted to run through the woods and, you know, pick herbs and mushrooms, he makes it a very large point to say if you're going to do that, you have to be responsible for doing your homework and not eating something that could kill you. Yeah. Um because that is super important because there's a lot of earth-based kind of more folkloric Appalachian magic that is very big on, you know, growing your own produce and like, you know, harvesting things that naturally grow in the woods around you. But if you aren't smart enough to do the homework beforehand, you could definitely hurt yourself or someone else by giving them those things. Um, one of the things he talks about that I absolutely love because every once in a while you'll, you'll see them pop up in, uh, news stories when they're like renovating old houses in like some of the first like old New England settlements it's witch bottles mm-hmm. the little bottles that they would like bury on their property and he spends a wonderful good chunk of a page or two talking about the ins and outs and whether or not you should use your own urine in a witch bottle and what that actually means like he he does a good job of inviting some of the gritty. So I would almost say like, if you were somebody who was ready to kind of start dabbling into like, yes, I'd like to like maybe use my own urine or use my own hair. This is it. This is an excellent primer for how to start tapping into more of that primal part of yourself. Whereas like Blood and Blowns is definitely more of a like, hey, you better have a couple years under your belt before you go play with this. But if you are somebody who wanted to kind of start out on more of a traditional path, in a sense of like, basically walking your own path, this is definitely the book for you. Because every once in a while, I do like to go through and reread like beginners' books and you know introduction books just to kind of see what what the kind of research says. Because the books I read fifteen years ago on the introduction to witchcraft and the ones that I'm reading now are wildly different. Um, but it was just it was a very pleasant, easy book to read. I loved that he also included exercises in his book. like he actually included like breakdown exercises of here are some things you could be doing. Here are rituals. He pulls from his own grimoire and offers um, recipes, you know, incense, foods, um, journaling opportunities. like he breaks it down almost like in a workbook. Work Workbook, pardon me, fashion, Um, and I've always been the type of learner that I I drive really well with the workbook kind of fashion when I'm learning something. So it it had just enough guidance for you to kind of start meeting other parts of yourself you weren't sure were fully there, fully developed, but without tying you down with specific you know definitions and realities like he doesn't he makes it a point like I got to the end of this book and like I couldn't tell you anything about what this author believes in personally because he's not doing it to tell you here's the right way to do this he's doing this to be like well here's how I found my path and here's how I did it here's some things you might discover along your way but you're the one doing it good luck um and I loved it it's it was $18 it was an awesome little read um, so if you're somebody who is kind of tiptoeing towards that more traditional appellation, um, it definitely would be a book that would kind of speak to you on that level and be worth reading. Cause it was, it was fun. It was definitely a fun and it made me feel a little bit more connected to, um, my own ancestors and my own, you know, people in my family history that came before me that I could imagine, you know, they had to walk through woods because it was a big patch of undeveloped land, and that's just what they had to do because there wasn't a Walmart or a store or a goddess elite to go get you know resources from. They had to go out and collect those things on their own. So, I, The Crooked Path by Kelden, his introduction to what he proposes is traditional witchcraft. Um, it's an awesome read, definitely definitely an awesome read for anybody that's interested in uh witchcraft but kind of also enjoys getting you know having dirt under their fingernails so to speak Like to go play in the mud
4: <laughs> i think you're muted melissa we can't hear you try again
0: Yep, muted because my cat was done here rubbing on boxes. This like, <laughs> <laughs> is like nice when you want to go dig in the dirt, pull up your own stuff, which yeah. is one thing that they do talk about in this one that like growing your own herbs has a little bit more of an impact positively on your outcome than buying it somewhere. But there's right. nothing wrong with buying it if you can't grow them yourself. Um, but uh, I think we're going we're gonna to wrap up because we're already over an hour so it's, yeah, that went quick because I know we all had at least one more. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you everybody for watching. Uh, yeah, I think we'll do a part two. I think uh, some of us were talking about maybe if we can do this at least once a month with some new stuff. And sometimes we even go find some oldies, but goodies maybe that kind of fallen out of the stream of like, they need the recognition. They deserve that recognition. So on top of all the new ones that come out.
2: Um, I would love to do that because I still have the very first like pagan witchy book I bought in my little hole in the wall town. It didn't have a dust jacket on it. It was a hard cover. I was looking for anything witchy and I opened it and saw the word pagan. And went, well, I have <laughs> to quickly,
0: <laughs> you know, maybe one day we'll have to do a, um, we can all like feature our, our collections. I just keep sitting here looking at like the bookcases that are like double stacked and lined on top. And I'm like, I wouldn't even have to buy any books for <laughs> a while, you know? And I'm like, and when was the last time I cracked that one open? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll have to do like personal tours. If yeah. You safe showing. Like mm-hmm. this is what I have sitting around.
2: So what, what's on your witchy shelf?
0: Right. Right. <laughs> That's the next TikTok <laughs> coming up. Oh
2: boy. <laughs> but no, we should definitely do a part two because this was, uh, you, there were at least a book that, all, all of you mentioned that I'm like, oh, I would read that.
1: And I, I love this because we all have our different interests. And I think, you know, so many people out there, like they're no matter where you are on the path, cause we're all at different levels and different, you know, but yeah, this was fun.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Well, and a fun thing, uh, this is gonna get edited down. All of the little blips here and there um, get edited down and uh, should hopefully go up as a podcast episode too. So titles and everything will be thrown up in there. So if you are a podcast fan, catch it there on boxed wine and witchcraft. Um, and you can get these books at got to So got
2: Mm-hmm. You've been getting so many good books into recently. Like I feel like the last eight times I've walked into that shop, I've bought a book. <laughs> yeah. Cause you keep getting good titles.
0: You know, it's like there, there's certain, uh, Uh, colleagues that are like the tarot which sends me down rabbit hole sometimes trying to find certain decks for everybody but I like some of the artwork too but then the book nerd in me like I'm looking at some of the releases following what the publishers are playing with and getting the advanced like booklets coming out like here's what we anticipate releasing and circling half of the booklet oh it's a
2: scholastic fair from like elementary school
0: (laughs) kind of like the scholastic fair yeah yeah I'm like oh (laughs)
2: books
0: when am i gonna have time to read them again Same.
2: glad i'm not the only one <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all
0: right everybody well thank you for joining us yeah and, um we'll do it again i'm sure we well book lovers we'll do it again <laughs> <laughs> but, uh...
1: bye guys bye, bye. bye.